Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Philly Blitz pod number 17. Last week was a special pod, but this week is even more special because your Philadelphia Eagles clinched the number one seed, won the NFC East. Yeah, I want to I want to just like play the David Akers thing. You know what I mean? Like when we uh, when we drafted uh, Dallas, he's like NFC East champs and needed to happen again this year. But uh, I'm Parth. I'm here with uh, Pierre and Quell. How y'all doing today? How we feeling? I'm doing excellent, brother. And in your intro, you forgot 14th win franchise record also. That's true. Extreme. That is extremely true. I am awesome, man. The weather is back sunny in Philadelphia. It is I, the one and only Marquel Fripp Owens, and we are your number one seed in the NFC. Tied for the best record in football with the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, it's an awesome feeling, you guys. An awesome feeling, especially when you look around the locker room. This You could tell this team was pretty special. I was thinking yesterday when I was on my way home, I was thinking, man, I haven't of course, this 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 team and the Super Bowl team, probably the most successful teams in franchise history we've seen. But I haven't felt this good about a collection of talent since DeMaclin, Jackson, Vic, McCoy, mm. David. It just felt like yeah. the roster. It's that team should be able to compete yearly type of thing. So, man, exactly. just having the opportunity to watch the guy slay getting into the playoffs. Getting to the second round by default, we've never had a chance to play the second round in his career. Never won a division. It's just, it's just all cool, man. Good mm-hmm. vibes. Steve Blankenship dancing around the locker room. That was hilarious. And the thing is, though, who would have thought at the beginning of this season, you know, we all talked about, you know, the leap we thought Jalen could make, you know, him having another year in Sirianni's offense and everything like that. But who would have thought 14 wins? legitimate MVP conversation talk for Jalen. He has Devontae 600 more yards total than last yeah. year, like 600 more, plus a better touchdown interception ratio. Like literally like everything he's just done better. And um, I mean, sorry to cut you off, Quell, but I, or, or Pierre, but Quell said earlier that like, um, you know, the, the collection of talent is something that's so different. I mean, dude, we had two receivers break record, receiving records, right? Devontae broke the reception record for wide receivers earth still has like the, you know, one Oh, whatever it was, you know, when he uh, broke Witten's record and everything, but that's as a tight end, but the most receptions by a receiver is now, what is it? 95, 92, 92. And it's held by Devonte Smith. And then the all time receiving yardage or not. Yeah. A uh, record for a season is held by AJ Brown. Like those are two different receivers holding two like receiving records in one season. I mean, like what a testament to, to the the work that all of them have put in and and especially like you know we criticize Shane Steichen rightfully so and you know and everyone but like credit to the whole coaching staff as well because I remember game one everyone was kind of like putting on the alarms like what's going to happen with Smitty is he going to get enough touches because it was the AJ Brown show right it was our, our first game with AJ but you know to see the growth and to see games where AJ had quiet games and and Devontae was able to go off like the, the synergy between the uh, the two of them and just the entire offense in general. It's just, it really all works together and clicks. And that's what really makes it special. And also, let's give the defense some love too. What was it? Five, four or five players with multiple, with 10 sacks? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we got to give them some love too. I know, you know, this is a, I'm not going to say Jonathan Gannon hate podcast, but we don't, we, we, we give, we give JJ. <laughs> we give JG a hard time, but you know the defensive side of the ball. You know they they had themselves an awesome year too. Who got that last sack? What was it? It was it was on that fake, right? Who got the who got the sack on the fake? Because I was like, oh, all was right. It so TJ? like, was it, was it TJ? It was someone random? Because I was just like, I think uh, I know we had what three sacks on a day. I think it was Kaiser. Um, Milton, and you right, it was somebody random. It was a cornerback. I was like, what was he It, it was a corner, right? Yeah, that's what I wanted to say, because I was like, all right, so if we break the sack record today, because we were five away, so we didn't end up, we didn't end up breaking the record, but um, it was just, it was funny. It was like, you get a sack, you get a sack, you get a sack this season. I mean, um, yeah, I, I criticize, uh, I criticize JG. Uh, I still hold certain sentiments, but, you know, the performance throughout the season can't be denied. Um, and, and, and also, you know, we can credit JG, but also credits the players. I mean, if it wasn't for Gino having the season he's having and, you know, being 
being uh, written off but not writing back. Brandon Graham should win comeback player of the year. I mean, the dude tore his Achilles. He's 34, right? Like his name J.J. Watt, he would have. Yeah, true. J.J. Watt, too. I mean, like, it's crazy, dude. He's got 11 sacks, the most of his career, coming off an Achilles tear in his 30s. I mean, Brandon Graham has just become like an institution in Philadelphia, man. Like, he'll, he'll, he's like, like Jason Kelsey, he'll never pay for a drink in the city, you know, and, uh, and, and it's and it's really special because of just the the arc his his career took as well. You know, a lot of people wrote Brandon Graham off. You know, he was kind of like a bust. And I remember even thinking like back like my freshman year of high school, like, oh man, like we could have had Earl Thomas, right? Because I mean that was like you know, Legion of Boom was everything. But now you looking back, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade Brandon Graham for anyone. You know, he is he's an he's an Eagles Eagle. You know what I'm saying? Like the man. Awesome man, and uh, just getting back to your point, you said a second ago it was uh Zeke McPherson got the yeah. last sack. Oh yeah, what's that? Crazy bro, just all over the place. Everyone's getting sacks. It was that fake. Uh, was it field goal? Yeah, yeah. Okay. They count. They count that as a sack. I was yeah, wondering on the, anu- on the announcer. He was like, they count that as a sack. So that's why I was like, oh, all right, we're getting close, but uh, we didn't quite get there. So I mean crazy game yesterday and we were we were starting to talk about this uh a little bit off the air in terms of just uh takeaways that we had so Quell, you want to get into what you were just kind of saying about uh what we were talking about um just offensively the game plan as pierre said off air i'm not sure what that was it seemed i don't want to say simplified i guess simplified would be the nicest way to put it i mean it was a bunch of run plays from what I, of course, what everybody wanted to see was how did Jalen Hurts look? And I mean, it looked like I heard I heard a, a joke from who was it? They believe it was Steve Mariucci. I believe it was Steve Mariucci. I could be wrong, but he was talking about his time in San Francisco and how Steve Young wanted to play so bad they had just won their 14th game. Steve Young had sprained the ankle or something like that. Was banged up basically. He was like, "I could play this week. Just let me get some running." Like was really determined. And Steve was like, "Okay, I'm gonna let you play." And he just said, "I'm gonna let you play two drives. It was either a drive or two." And he trotted them out there, and they ran the ball on every single play of those two drives. Every single play, he said, "All right, now come over here beside me," because he he didn't want to risk. Yeah, get put this guy in jeopardy. I understand. So watching the game yesterday with Jalen Hurts, it seemed something similar to that. Like, like I said, a bunch of run plays in terms of watching Hurts, seemed like they wanted to get the ball out of his hands quickly. I mean, typically would make sense. You playing against a Wink Martindale defense, as we all know, Giants lead the league in blitz percentage. So that makes sense. But it seemed like everything was a quick out route or a sprint out, just something really quick. Yo, Wayne Martindale is a freaking madman, bro. Like, I love it. The le- why are you the way it should be played? Yeah, and I agree with that. I tweeted that. Like, the way he coaches or the way he calls a defense is the exact way I would call it if I was a defensive coordinator. And, like, I completely understand it, but it's like, dude, like, relax. <laughs> they're about to they're about to whoop the Vikings next week, bro. If they if they if they come out like they did like they did this week. I don't think the Vikings are scoring that much. Yeah, I was I was talking with I was talking with some buddies of mine earlier today about it. Like those two teams, they match up really well. Minnesota can't mm-hmm. stop the run, but the Giants they don't have the corners to run with Minnesota's receivers. So it's going to be interesting. They don't have their tackles. Minnesota's have- lack of tackle depth is what send pressure, huh? We don't have the corners. We don't need corners when we can send pressure. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. Throw the ball. Exactly. Um. So, so actually, just actually going back to our game real quick. Um, well, you're totally right. It was quick game, get the ball out of Jalen's hands, um, and, and run the ball a lot. And I think, uh, this game just didn't turn out the way, you know, all of us ideally wanted it to be like a 40 bomb on them. Like, you know, like last time, because you could see that Jalen was playing differently. You know, Jalen's the type of dude where we needed to win this game. Jalen was going to play, but like, he's not a hundred percent healthy. I don't think he's even like 90% healthy. I think he's, he's throwing the ball fine, you know, but there was like that, uh, there was like, there was a play where he's scrambling out of the pocket and where he usually would have tried to get a couple more yards. He slid for a loss of two yards. And I'm not like, Oh my God, Julian, you lost two yards, but you know, he's obviously not fully comfortable yet. So that makes 
us winning this game and getting those two weeks off that much more crucial because like Jalen needs the time to recover. You know, he's not, he's not fully back yet. And it was good to see that he's able to still throw it, but um, running the ball wise, especially when it comes to the playoffs, I don't think he's, I don't think he's there yet. Um, I'm glad we were able to escape yesterday without any, um, without any, you know, injuries or, or, or bad stuff happening. But um, I really think he's gonna, he's gonna need some time to rest. And, you know, he missed, he missed a couple throws, but I mean, the guy's been not playing football for the last two weeks, you know? And so um, give him, give him the time in these next couple of weeks to, you know, get those reps with his first team receivers again. And I think we'll see um, the Jalen Hurts that we were used to seeing uh, come playoffs. You know, you talked about him, you know, sliding, losing yardage and whatnot. You know, I did also saw a couple of times yesterday, you know, when he would run forward, you know, try to gain a first down, but at the slightest, you know, hints of contact, he'd slide down. So it's like, it's evident that, you know, he's not 100% healthy. I think if I had to put a percentage mark at it, I'd probably say he's about 75, 80%. And, you know, like you said, getting these, these, what, two weeks, you know, to rest and, you know, get more time off the field, you know, not really utilizing the shoulder, not taking contact like that, that's going to, you know, do wonders for him. You could see him get more comfortable as the game went on. You know, like second half, you could see him try to get a couple more yards and run out. But, like, so much of Jalen's game, especially as a runner, is predicated on being able to run through dudes. You know, like we we've seen it happen so many times. There was like the Vikings game where he totally plowed through whoever that was um, for the touchdown. You know, and we've seen it time and time again. But he's our quarterback. You know, so this was always like there, there's always finding that balance, especially when you have a mobile quarterback, especially when you have a quarterback who's just a ball player like like Jalen is. Like Jalen loves the contact of the game as well. He's He's not, you know, I don't want to get hit. Like, Jalen's like, yeah, you can hit me once. You know what I mean? Like, he likes he likes getting in the game and, and, and bringing the hit. So, um, I'm glad to see that he was able to adjust, figure it out. But um, I just hope that, you know, when, we're, when we see this offense again in a, in a couple of weeks, we're able to see Jalen at his full strength. Um, yeah. So, do you guys foresee the – going to try to use a big word here – the trepidation that he had um, – and, you know, not taking contact, do you guys see that impacting how Shane Steichen is going to, you know, call plays come playoff time? Yeah and no, because just thinking as you guys was talking, I mean, clearly when you listen to Jalen talk post-game, as you guys say, he wasn't 100%, probably 75, 80 if we had to give it a number. But in the same breath, Jalen's a smart dude. Jalen understood why he understood he wanted to get out there and play with his guys, get the seeding locked up, division locked up. He understands what he means to this football team. I just Mm -hmm. think he didn't want to take a hit that he didn't have to take in a game that I don't want to say didn't matter, but in in the light of the big picture, wasn't going to mean as much as some of the other games down the road. So I think it could have been part of him playing smart, Partly him still not being a hundred percent, but in terms of when the play call, I mean, in terms of the play calling when the playoffs start, I think we should see a regular Eagles offense. I mean, I think our first half of the divisional round might look a, a lot different than the second half because they like kind of they did this week. They're going to try to get them warmed up. You might see one or two zone reads or RPOs where Jalen decides to keep, and they see how he reacts to contact, but if everything goes where I do think that they start to ramp it up a bit. Yeah, I think uh, I I agree with Quell, Um, but I also just think that with Steichen, my issue with him a lot of times is that like, he won't just run the rock normally, you know, like everything is RPO or there's some sort of option on it. And we even saw with Minshew and with Minshew, we saw like it wasn't working because they just did not account for him at all. And he's not the runner. So the run game wasn't able to get off as much, uh, get, get off the ground as much. But, um, yeah, I just think for better or for worse, he's going to keep calling the same type of offense. He's going to call the same, like, kind of options. And with Jalen, we also know that he's, that he's uh, you know, cerebral enough to be at the line and make changes if he, if he, if he sees fit. But um, I think Quell's right. Uh, you know, if he runs the ball, I know we can get a little pass happy in this offense. It's always been that way. You know, even like last year before we started just running the hell out of the rock, like, you know, we were like, why are we passing the ball so much? You know, what, what it was the game before we started running the ball for real, that we ran the ball three times at halftime. Right. Um, 
but you know, besides that, this 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 offense has a tendency to be able to pass the ball um, and run the ball. But I think uh, they'll try to warm him up into it. But I don't think we'll see that different of an offense, if you ask me. So, a few things that you say weigh some curiosity for me. Well, one dating back like what you say about last year, where you know much much of what was being done in the run game was more so a Jeff Stoutland type of thing. They started going to different things like the powers and the calendars and things of that nature, like the different types of effective run, pure run plays. Because like you said, a lot of their things early in the season were just typical RPOs. It was one of them things where I could tell the difference between who had their fingerprints on the game plan and how much they did with Stoutland and Stoutland. But in the same breath of that, how much of this do you guys put on the fact that team didn't have Lane Johnson in terms of the play calling? I mean, you guys know how, how I feel about Shane Steichen and his play calling in general. But, I mean, how much do you think this it went into this with playing without Lane, trying to keep Jalen healthy, just legitimately trying to get in and out of this football game with the win? I think that weighed a lot on it. Like, you know, we all know, you know, how good Lane Johnson is. I think he's a top three tackle in the league. And, you know, when you're missing a guy of that caliber, it's going to impact how you call the games. Yeah, uh, I tend to uh, I, I tend to agree with you. Um, I think, uh, I don't know, I think when you see Stout's plans, um, you're able to just see that he tries to account for all these guys in, in some kind of way. And a lot of it is, you know, getting the ball out faster, having options. I mean, that's what we did with Micah, right? We put Micah in, in the position of having to make a decision the first time we played him. And that's why we were able to get him to freeze. Um, but I also just, I, I feel like this was more of like a Steigen kind of plan. And and I don't know how much of it was to get around not having lane. I wish we had done more. If you, if you ask me, um, there were like a couple plays where it was, it was like empty, you know? And I was like, what are we, what, what are we really doing here? You know, like our quarterback is injured right now. We're missing our best tackle. And then you know, near the midpoint of the game, they were getting a ton of pressure, you know, like it wasn't like Jalen had a lot of time. Um, and so uh, I, I I was just kind of, I, I really, I'm not trying to look into this game too much because I think it's a little bit of what you said, Quell, at the beginning, that this was a boring game plan because who's trying to show all their cards in a game that, yeah, you need to win, but does this game really matter? Like, are we trying to just put all our all our tricks on the table and let let um all these teams coming up in the playoffs know what we're thinking i don't think so i think this was kind of a plan of let's get through this game let's try to figure it out um and you know if we don't have lane uh come come playoff time hopefully we'll see a little bit more of like you know the stout style of more 12 personnel um more design runs and stuff like that but um i'm just trying to reserve judgment on on those types of things until we actually um see what you know what the picture actually looks like because this game was as weird as you can get i will say though um you know looking at how much they threw the ball with Jalen, you know they threw it 35 times and you know they didn't really lean on miles much which is interesting to me but another thing you know you talked about that you touched on parth was just how much new york they sent pressure right and, you know, we've sort of, you know, harped on Shane for how much he likes to lean on uh, the screen game. There wasn't a lot of the screen game yesterday, which was kind of interesting to me when you consider, you know, like I said, how much uh, New York sense pressure. It would seem like, you know, you'd want to use that that aggression against them. But for whatever reason, it wasn't present. And, you know, like you said, I know the, the game plan, it might have just been, you know, just to get in and get out with a win. But it was just interesting to see. So I thought with the pressure, I thought I saw, you know, I saw, I saw evolution, honestly, because I was like, finally some hot routes. There were a couple, like they were sending obvious pressure and Dylan was just able to get the ball out into, into like Dallas's hands right away on a quick hitch. And like, that's the signs of growth. I like to see. I also, you know, kind of thinking about Quell's original question. I also wonder if they were more comfortable passing the ball because Jack Driscoll is better as a, as a pass protector than, than as a run blocker, you know, in, in, in most things that I see, you know, he's a little bit more comfortable dropping into a set. He doesn't have as much of like, you know, the, the prototypical weight to be like a, a mover in the run game like Lane Johnson can be. Obviously, it's hard to compare anyone to Lane in in either the pass game or the run game. But I think 
Jack might be a little bit more comfortable in the past game. I don't know. Those are the kind of things that, you know, I, I think about as well. You you say something interesting about maybe doing the playoffs, especially considering Lane's help, health with the team considered moving towards more 12 personnel or so. So what would you guys, and I, I mean, just based on what you've seen off the, from the offense, what would you guys' preference be? I mean, we all know the heat that Quez Watkins has taken over the last month or so. <laughs> Zach Pascal, I mean, I like to think Zach has been pretty reliable. But then he's we disappeared over the last few weeks, though. Fully, yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah, I thought we'd see him more. You know, especially with the Dallas injury, we just started seeing way more, way more Quez, which like it's fine. But Zach is a factor in the run game as well. You know, as a blocker, so that was exactly. definitely surprising. But even when you think back to when Dallas got hurt and when we were playing Jack Stoll, Grant Calcutar, I mean, I said on a podcast a few weeks back. I felt like they filled in admirably for Zach Ertz. So, I mean, do you think the team came to a position or could come to a position where they try to utilize them three a little a bit more than, let's say, the 11 personnel that we've come accustomed to seeing? It's it's tough. You know, I think if you ask me, I think it's really just got to be based on matchup. You know, d- depending on – do we have lane that's number one and then based on the teams that we're playing you know if we have teams that would be a little bit more susceptible based on you know us having 12 personnel versus 11 yeah i mean i don't think the difference between like quez and like i mean quez brings the element of of taking like the top off the field obviously but how much different is is having quez out there um than having like Calcaterra when he can block as well right like Quez can't block Calcaterra isn't the best blocker but he's improved throughout the year right and you know like you said like they 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 all like went in and they were they were able to sub um admirably for for Dallas um but I mean I think if you ask me if we don't have lane I would rather have a blocker out there I'd rather have someone who can help and block out there and yeah you can have Dallas but Dallas is your best pass catcher is, is one of your best pass catchers, right? So if you have the ability to still leave a blocker in and have Dallas go out on a route as well, I think I would rather take that. And there, you know, you can take your pick with Stoll or Calcaterra, right? Stoll's like a better blocker. Calcaterra's a better receiver, but you have a little bit more optionality. But, you know, if we're going 11 and we don't have lane, then again, I would say go 11, but I want to see more Pascal. You know, at the beginning of the year, if you'd asked me, I would have been like, give me more Quez. I want Quez, Quez, Quez. But... Quez has some aspects of his game that work, but he obviously has some stuff that he needs to that he needs to work on as well. And so use Quez where he is able to work and, and and does well. Give him those crossers. Give him you know the the deep shots. Like that's what he's good for. But stop throwing Quez slants, you know, or or using Quez to crack block. Like just use Pascal. I'm, I promise you, Pascal can run a slant and catch it. You know what I mean? So um, I think it really is based on matchup, but. Um, if we don't have lane, then emphasize blocking over everything. Yeah, man, I tend to agree with you. I think it should be, you know, based on the matchup who you're playing. You know, I tend to think of Quest Watkins as sort of kind of like the, what is it, the parsley that you sprinkle on. Right, you know, he's right. not a guy. Yeah, he's not a guy that, you know, you're going to go into a game trying to scheme, you know, catches for. Like you said, you know, his do with that. Yeah. Like you said, his thing is taking the top off the defense, bringing the speed element. Like, I like a Zach Pascal. you know, if, when you're in 11 personnel, you know, like you said, he's a more well-rounded type of receiver. He can, he has the element of being able to block, you know, he can, you know, work the intermediate game. And then, you know, like you said, if you don't have Lane Johnson, I think, I tend to agree with you also, you know, you'd want more blockers in to help um, towards Jack Driscoll's side. So, I mean, as you guys say, it, it tends to come down to match up so i guess that's a really great segue to our next topic how exactly do you think the eagles match up with the rest of the nfc do you have a preferred opponent who do you think the opponent should be i guess how do we think this nfc wildcard round plays out i want the giants again (laughs) is it said the matchups yeah, 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 that's it. Okay, but so don't we only 
don't we only have the chance to play the Cowboys next round, or how's that work? No, we play the oh. lowest, the lowest uh, remaining NFC seed. Right. So if the Giants don't win, then we play the winner of Dallas versus Tampa Bay. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I see. Oh yeah, give me the Giants. Give, give me the Giants. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's it's just. Yeah, go ahead. Glad. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I can understand why you guys would want the Giants. I looked at that. I, I was looking at the path to the Super Bowl earlier, and it was like, damn, Giants, then San Francisco. That'll be quality, quality. But a, hey, you guys know how what I said about playing the Cowboys earlier on, and having a just being able to beat a team three times in one season is really hard, man. It's mm-hmm. really hard. So. <laughs> There's that. But I don't know about you, but me personally, and I can almost guarantee that guy that's getting trying to get healthy wearing the number one on his jersey is kind of hoping that the matchup is Tampa Bay. Because, I mean, let's face it. Everything, it all comes down to it. It'll be more full circle than anything. Jalen Hurts, his last 17 games as a, a full starter. I mean, the numbers he's put together it's clear. He looks like a superstar over these over the course of what could be considered a season, especially this year putting together the MVP straight MVP season or what we would like to consider an MVP season. Thanks, Patrick Mahomes. But <laughs> I mean, just having an opportunity to play Tampa, I wouldn't necessarily be going back to where it began because, of course, last year the team went to Tampa. This year, Tampa will be having to come to Philadelphia, but having the same opponent still. So if we're looking across the sidelines at Tom Brady and Todd Bowles, kind of like facing your demons. And it's it's very reminiscent of the um, the championship game in, in college with, with Jalen when he got benched versus what was that, Georgia he got benched against? Georgia. Yeah, and then the next season he came back and led the game-winning drive against Georgia in SEC championship game, almost like perfection, chef's kiss. So kind of be able to have the opportunity to do something like that again this year, be more so poetic. Just seems like it's up Jalen Hurts' alley. For what it's worth, I had Tampa Bay. For what it's worth, I had Tampa Bay uh, number two on my rankings or in my rankings. Yeah. I was going to say Tampa Bay because I thought we could only play the Cowboys or Tampa Bay. Um, but uh, I was going to say Tampa Bay. But, yeah, Giants or Tampa Bay. It's just – it's funny because um, you asked how we stack up against NFC playoff teams. Like, if you had asked me a month ago, Eagles were head and shoulders over everyone, right? Like, uh, Purdy hadn't really played much. The Cowboys were like – I mean, they're the Cowboys – Brady was not looking like he didn't have to have the regular end of season Brady, just crazy jump where you're like, Oh my God, dude, like, when are you going to not, when are you not going to do this? Like every year at the end of the year, he's like, I'm back. Knock, knock Brady's here. So, um, you know, if you, if you had asked me then Jalen hadn't been injured, we're on a roll. We're just steamrolling everyone. I'd have been like, Oh yeah, the Eagles are our, our head and shoulders the best. But, um, I think the Eagles have the strongest, um, core, I would say, um, but a lot of it depends on health, right? Lane Johnson is the most like in, integral, like invaluable part of our offense uh, in, in some aspects, you know, like when it comes to heading off the run game, when it comes to pass protection, when it comes to all those things, Lane is crucial for those, you know, and especially in the NFC with the pass rushers we'd face, like, okay, we get past the Giants, get ready to face Bosa, Jack Driscoll. You know what I mean? Like those are, those are things you gotta, you gotta be prepared for. Um, so if we're fully healthy, I don't think there's really a question because if we can get Avante back as well, I mean, that, that shores up the the backside of your defense even more. If we can have him get Josh Sweat back um, and get Lane Johnson back, I think the Eagles have the best roster. Um, but without Lane, I think things get, uh, th- things definitely get a little bit closer. Um, so it's just something to keep an eye on. A team neither of you have brought up Seattle because they are they're I think they're the seventh seed, right? Yeah. So if they somehow upset San Francisco, they'd be the lowest remaining seed and the Eagles would play them. Um what do you how do you guys think the Eagles match up with them? Really well. I mean, 
Seattle, of course, we know the stretch that Kenneth Walker's been on. I think he's a bit banged up, but he should be healthy heading into the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But, of course, DK and I believe they got Tyler Lockett back from his finger injury. So, solid offensive core. Of course, you mentioned Geno earlier in the podcast, Parthen, just how marvelous he's been playing this season. I think we match up really well because Seattle defensively isn't really good. I think I don't think Seattle will want to put themselves in a position where they're trying to go score for score with Philadelphia in Philadelphia. That just sounds like a recipe for disaster. So, and it probably be a little bit more on the shoulders of Kenneth Walker, but I don't, I just don't think they match up well with the Eagles personally, the Seahawks. That on top of the fact that brother, there is almost no way in hell the 49ers are going to lose that game. Brock Purdy is not coming back to earth. Brother, I think, I, I honestly, I might as well get to it now because I was just about to say this. I was just about to touch on it. I think it's almost, as long as we, I, I, literally, I generally think it's on us. And like you guys said, it comes down to the health at the end of the day and getting back to playing the ball that we were playing. But I generally think the NFL is on pace to set record numbers in terms of NFC, AFC championship games. In a perfect world, you get Eagles, 49ers, Bills, Chiefs, and everything. Like, I was just trying to break down how do you match up with those with this team in particular, San Francisco. And, I mean, of course, when you think about these two teams in particular, I mean, a lot of people think San Fran defense, D'Amico Ryans, when you think about San Francisco. But when I think about San Francisco, the first thing that comes to my mind is the head man in charge, Kyle Shanahan. And... If it comes down to a game, see, that's the funny thing about it, because like you just said, Parf, about Brock Park, Brock Purdy and possibly coming down to earth, I think that's the best thing going for us right now. It's a young quarterback against super talented defense, elite-level cornerbacks on the outside. Mm-hmm. But then when you break it down a little bit more, you sit here and you ask yourself, if this game turns into a chess match, a la Kyle Shanahan versus Jonathan Gannon, I don't like our chances in that and, and it's, I mean, it's, it's noted. That's how you, you saying that. That's you. Saying it's noted how you guys feel about Gannon. Ooh. But I, I, and that on my end, it's not really a knock on Gannon. I don't think, I think it might be one, maybe two defensive minds in the league that can keep up with Kyle Shanahan. He is that Absolutely. damn Bill Belichick probably being number one and looking at number two from a far distance. And even Bill Belichick struggled with Kyle Shanahan. Just think back to that Super Bowl, Falcons right. Patriots, like, Kyle Shanahan is really the definition of him in terms of play caller and all things that I mean, maybe not. You guys know my spiel about Kyle Shanahan, the GM versus Kyle mm-hmm. Shanahan, the play caller. But I think that is not a position. That you, it, it really interests me because, I mean, again, it comes down to talent versus inexperience, which you, mm-hmm. which you call it with Brock versus just the chess match on the coaching side of the ball. And then it brings you on the offensive side when you flip the side, when you talk about the Eagles offense, that's where the chess match really begins because how does Shane Steichen and Nick Sirianni, and it's, it's literally going to have to be a three-man job, Shane, Nick, and Jeff, trying to figure out how are we going to outsmart the Miko Ryans because this defense has everything in their disp- in their arsenal. Mm-hmm. They could be going to throw everything plus the kitchen sink at you. So we got to be able to throw haymakers right back with them. I think, like I just said, it's setting up to be a really – like those might be the two most highest gross games of the season. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, I agree with you. The Niners, Niners are, are definitely going to be an interesting matchup. There's, there's just like a lot of different moving parts and elements to it. Um, Personally, I hope if we play them, we whoop them because my uncle's been talking smack all year and I'm sick of it. My God, like your quarterback is Brock Purdy. Please relax. Okay. How's Trey Lance looking and Jimmy? Like, please, like you guys are the, oh God, don't get me started on this. Anyways, um, I just, it, huh? I just don't see Brock Purdy being able to walk into Philadelphia no. in the NFC championship game. And, everybody's and, like and I, I get it he's like first since he started starting and every in everything don't care come to, come it's to gonna, it's, it's gonna come crashing down at some point yeah it, it has to think about it coming crashing down is Kyle Shanahan is gonna be sitting there but right next to him look at him with that death stare and say <laughs> over my dead 
everybody. <laughs> like, I generally think this season Kyle is on a mission. It's like everything that could go wrong for them has went wrong at a point in time, and he has sat there like, look, I'm going to figure this out. Mm-hmm. We're not going to lose, and it's not. He's got every weapon he wants now. I mean, every, he done lost. Every, he done had, he played mm-hmm. half a season without Christian McCaffrey sitting there handing the ball off to Elijah Mitchell whenever he can be healthy. Like, look, just go do something. He gets hurt. They bring in Christian. Christian gets banged up. Let's give the ball to Debo. Debo gets hurt. Okay, let's get the ball back to Christian. George Kittle comes alive after not being nowhere near at all this season. Wow. It's it forever. Just, I was oh like, my oh my god. god! Like, can we get this man involved? Like, he's so good. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's Kyle is really good. He's really yeah. good at what he does, and I just generally think the game comes down to which offense can put together the better game plan. I agree. Um, going back to the Seahawks, I agree with Quell, um, Pierre. I just think uh, Seahawks are a fun team, uh, great to root for. It'll be cool if we get to play them because uh, Quandre and, uh, and, uh, and 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 Slay are both uh, are, are both super tight uh, from their Detroit days, um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not really that afraid. And and Quell kind of just said uh, earlier, right, with Shanahan, uh, he's on a mission this year. So you could say Shanahan is Super Bowl or bust this year. Is it the same? Wait, pause. That is an excellent segue, bro. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I try. Yeah, so Shanahan is Super Bowl or bust, right? Are we? The Eagles, we talked about it at the beginning. Pierre, you started the pot off with it. Like, we we were the Jalen Hurts pot, right? Like, we were like, Jalen Hurts is him. He can do this. We didn't expect this. We, we did not expect this production. I mean, everything that we've seen. So given that, given that, you know, this was unexpected, given that, you know, we're, I guess uh, we've become a younger team, Craig. Crazy to compare to where we were uh, two years ago, um, but we're like a younger team. Do you think that this is a that this is Super Bowl or bust, or are there quote unquote moral victories in this uh, playoff run? See, I wouldn't. That's the, the crazy thing about this, and I can understand why a lot of people would consider it Super Bowl or bust because considering how the season began, all when we started ten and zero, started Eight. ten and zero, it was. 11? 11. Yeah, 11, I think. Because I thought we got past, uh, I thought we got past uh, the uh, Steelers mark. Oh, yeah, yeah, we, we did, we did, we did, we did. So, excuse me, to start the season, how we did, to basically stomp on, it was a point in time, like you guys said, if, if this was a month ago, we'd be looking at this Eagles team like they were head and shoulders above the rest of the league like i remember me saying myself personally go find the biggest house that you have to offer in new york city and the eagles are a bigger house than that they were so damn good but despite all of that i mean if if you want to take that route then yeah it's super bowl bus but i i view this kind of similar to how i viewed the that team playing in the building on the other side of the parking lot that I shall not mention till February when they acquired James Harden. Oh. And a lot of people sat there and said, well, is this season championship or bust? And I'm like, well, Harden said he's going to be back next year. So if they have a chance to get it, like basically this year, it'd be nice if they do it next year kind of sets the goal in place where you know how good you can be. Now let's get the rolling. It, it all comes down to basically how these how they replace these coordinators. Honestly, I've heard Shane Steichen rumored be up for head coaching gigs. I mean, of course, we all expect Jonathan Gannon to get a head coaching gig. Basically, looking at the roster and how Howie Rosen is done, I don't see no no way this team isn't a, a legitimate contender. As AJ Brown said, he posted a photo of him and Devonta Smith yesterday and said he was they were going to be here for a really long time. The Eagles should be at or near the top of the NFC for a really long time. They should. Now, again, it all comes down to keeping the coaching staff together and all things of this nature because we these were certain things we were saying about Carson Wentz a few years back, and then all our offensive coaches starting to get snatched, and we've seen basically our whole offensive system fall apart. I so, agree. I, I agree to an extent, but it's tough when you have 
a season like this. And especially, like, I mean, everything you said is true, Quell, but there's a lot of ifs in it, right? Like, if we keep our coaching staff together, if we are yeah, able to keep... We have to do it. We have to do it. Huh? I say it's not that we have to keep them. It's just we We're have to find a good replacement. Yeah, yeah, agreed. But but you know, like this this brain trust, right? You're not. Chances are you won't get this exact combination again, right? You the chances are um, we're not going to have this defense again, right? We're we're not going to have all the players that there's just there's no way you can keep everyone, especially with the uh, with the with the amount of contracts that we have coming up at the end of this year. This is the with every football team. It's it's always the truth that this is the only year this full team is going to play together. They tell you that at every level, you know, because there's always going to be people graduating, people leaving, whatever. This this is the only time this team will be together. And this team has shown that they have the ability to be special. And so when you ask me, it's it, it's kind of cliche to say Super Bowl or bust because, okay, like, whatever. If you don't win it, you you got to try next year. But if you've gotten yourself to this point, you are you have the best record in franchise history. You have the you you have a first round buy you have locked up the number one seed like if you've gotten to this point it's about as close to super bowl or bust without it being bust as as it can be you know like the, these opportunities don't come all the time everyone talked all year about oh the eagles have the easiest schedule or whatever so be it you know we execute on it uh, executed on it and we're not going to get the easiest schedule every year uh, if i remember correctly the last couple of years we've had like the hardest schedule in the nfl right so these these situations are all based on chance and chance has leaned in our favor this year for for a lot of it so i think it is up to us to take advantage of that because in the nfl these these opportunities don't come along all the time dan marino went to a super bowl his rookie year and never went back sorry no i i completely agree i can i can i can certainly agree with that sentiment like you said it's these opportunities are far and a few and you have to be able to capitalize on them when they take place. I, I guess the way I personally try to view it is the core of this Eagles roster. And yeah, like you said, there are a lot of a lot of contracts coming up and things of that nature. But when you think about the core of this Eagles roster, you think about your Jalen Hurts, assuming they lock him up this offseason. AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, they, how phenomenal a job, how he has done basically replacing the greats that we've had across the offensive line for the last few years and finding their replacement so they can, we can continue to be dominant along the interior. Look along the defensive line, Hassan Reddick. I'm drafting Jordan Davis and the Kobe D. Like, again, the core of this roster, with the exception of maybe the, the guys on the outside at cornerback, that's my only right. concern right now. They have young What players. about safety? I can't necessarily say because they have to lock up CJGJ. Right. I mean, I, we Pierre and I outlined the conversation about Reed Blakenship a few few weeks back. If you guys haven't had the opportunity to listen to that part, you should go back and listen to it. But I, we think Reed is pretty good. He's a really good football player, but you were also an undrafted free agent for a reason. You, there are limitations there. So, like, you can tell the difference between a defense that Jonathan Gannon prefers to run when he has a Avante Maddox, a Chauncey Gardner Johnson out there versus how the defense looks when he's playing with a guy like Reed. So it, it kind of that position is pretty important, in particularly as long as Gannon's going to be here. So I, I wouldn't be able to address that position in particular, but along the for many positions along the core of the roster, I feel really good about what we have in place. It's just all about keeping the correct coaching staff around them at this point. Nick being able to continue to bring along the right guys to help him succeed. Yeah, so the way I look at it, um, I look at it through two lens, right? Um, the fan in me says it's Super Bowl the bus. You know, you look at all the opponents in the playoffs, you know, the Giants, Bucking, all, all the possible opponents, Giants, Buccaneers, Seahawks, Cowboys, 49ers, right? Dallas. Eagles fans, you never want to lose to Dallas ever. I don't care if it's preseason, anything, never, right? Tampa Bay, you know, you guys outlined it last year, Um, you know, in the playoffs. They went to Tampa Bay. They got rolled, right? You know, the yeah, with the bet. Um, and the Giants, 
another division division opponent. You know, you don't want to lose to them. Seattle, you know, although they're not in the division, they're in the conference. The Eagles have a little bit of history with them. You never want to lose to them, right? So, and then when you consider, you know, how they perform this season, you know, franchise record for wins, you know, the defense with multiple guys with double-digit sacks, um, you know, you guys outlined at the top of the pod, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, the years they've had, you know, as a fan, from a fan perspective, I feel like it'd be a waste, you know, if you didn't at least make it to the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, at, at that point, that I got to agree with. It, if you're talking Super Bowl or bust in terms of if the Eagles didn't make it there, this season is a failure then. You're yeah. right. This team has to make the Super Bowl in order for this yeah. season to be not considered a failure. Now, I don't think a lot of people – I think people look at our football team and see how good we've been all season – and completely forget that there's a, a whole entire other conference that has three juggernauts. Like we sit here and try to figure out which one of them three going to make it. And we sit here like, well, the Eagles should, maybe the 49ers, but the Eagles should like, it's not just the foregone conclusion. We go to the Super Bowl and just the AFC team is going to roll over. And that, it kind of goes yeah. back to what I just said a second ago, where our only hope is that, Wow, we might run into the 49ers that we pray the Chiefs run into the Bills and then we both got to play the game of our life because I think it's legitimately possible that the Eagles have to run into the 49ers and play the best game that they play all season and they have to show their hand before the Super Bowl because that game is going to be legitimately that hard. So I don't I don't I don't know, man. Yeah, but and then you know, just enough of what going off of what you said, Quell, you know in terms of, like, the roster construction and, you know, just how long they can contend. They're set up to contend for years, man. You know, they lock up Jalen, and, you know, they've got A.J. under contract, Devontae, Dallas Goddard. They'll have Jalen. They got to figure out the running back. Yeah, they got to figure out – yeah, they got to figure out the running back position. But, you know, like you said, Malata, Dickerson, they got Jason Kelsey's replacement. Um, Right guard and right tackle, that's, there's going to have to be a conversation had there. Um, sometime soon but you know the core of the roster is intact you know they can be expected to at least contend for playoff spots you know for years in my opinion so it's just i think it's it's just you know which side of the coin you you uh you lean on i agree um but only point you know before we kind of wrap this up um well you know you you complimented howie right and he deserves it for everything he's done this offseason but a conversation we've all had in the past is is Howie Roseman better at rebuilding teams than maintaining teams, right? And and that's where that's that's where these questions are going to come up. Now, personally, I think he's learned a lot, and I don't think he's going to just kind of fall into the trap he did, you know, of trading for Golden Tate and you know just giving up picks for expiring contracts and older players. Um, but it, it, it is a, I think it is a valid point, and and it is a valid criticism that will need to be addressed at some point, you know, we're going to find out how, how he handles now um, maintaining a contender, because that can be different than rebuilding a team and rebuilding a team. He has absolutely killed it. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. But just as a, as a rebuttal to that, what I'll say is, you know, when they won the Super Bowl in 2018, that roster was, was old, right? Yeah. This team, you know, like I said, they're they're young. Like yeah, I was just oh, yeah. about to say oh, I, I agree, but there's always gonna be there's always gonna be pieces that need to be added, right? I mean, we talked about it. We don't know who's gonna be start starting at the second safety spot if we if we lock up CJGJ, right? We have one guy in the safety room that's locked up for a couple years, and that's Reed because he was an undrafted free agent this year, right? Corners Slay is done next year, right? And and Bradbury is is done this year, right? So a lot of question marks there's a lot of places like slay was a hit right but it, it we've Damn. we've known that it is hard to find you know good corners like we've suffered right so um you know these are all the all the things that come to mind i'm not saying that how he is for sure gonna free, gonna fail and that because of last time it's bad it's a totally different situation totally different team i mean the average age of the team is down by like eight years damn near um than that than that super bowl roster but um there will be there will be holes with time. I mean, we're gonna have retirements too. So, and a lot of those have been shored up, like Kelsey has. But um, Lane Johnson is one that that is probably gonna happen in the next couple of years while this team is hoping to compete. One thing I will say though, just as we you know uh, get ready to get off, can we please give my man Marcus up some props, please? You know, we've talked yeah. about the safety position it's really well. No. Well, can we please. We All just season. got it. I just want to give Marcus up his props, man. That's fan club. Right here, 365 days, baby. 
told you all off season that was your safety right there. You did. You were on that. I, I doubted him. You know, I, I definitely doubted him. But he he he's come out to play. Like I mean, he's just before it was like all right, he can smack dudes. I'm glad. But now he's just he's improved so much as a tackler because like he could smack dudes, but he didn't make tackles. Like he'd be like, bro, like you hit, oh, you, 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 you him, but like finish the tackle, huh? They like Petrie, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then he had like all these coverage issues, but he is uh, a bona fide like starting safety now, and that's uh, a testament to his uh, to his effort. Anything else, guys? Should we uh, wrap this bad boy up on time for once? Yep, I think we're good. I think that's it. Awesome. Well, thank you, everyone, uh, as always, for listening. Uh, it's a blazing hot, sunny day in Philadelphia. I mean, put on some sunscreen because we got the playoffs coming up. Uh, as always, like, listen, uh, review, subscribe, please. We really appreciate all your guys' support. Um, and share the podcast. You know, uh, playoffs are coming up. I'm sure people are starving for Eagles content. I know I'm refreshing my podcast every day. Um, so just uh, be sure to share it, retweet it, uh, let people know about us, and uh, we'll keep uh, bringing you uh the top coverage of Philadelphia sports in Philadelphia and outside, because we only have one member of this team in Philadelphia. Um, but, you know, again, is the that, offer stands is that you have $10. Is that, a, huh? is that a shot Parth? <laughs> oh, it's not a shot. It's not a shot. It's dedication from you. All right. I know what it's like to be behind enemy lines. I went to Minnesota for, for, for four years. It, it was brutal. Okay. Like, Everybody knows. Uh, I got kicked out of, like, we had, like, a football house where all the football players are. I got kicked out for a month after the NFC Championship because of uh, because of what it looked like. So, credit to you guys for holding it down behind enemy lines. And lastly, again, I will we will give $10 to whoever does it. Just do it once. Go to the Apple Store. Turn on our podcast. Just go do it, you know? What's the worst that can happen? They'll ask you to kindly leave and you make $10? That's a good deal if you ask me. But as always, thank you guys so much and go birds. Go birds. Go birds.